This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. I am your host, Senior JU Israel Educator Michael Unterberg, and today joined as always by co-host and Director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing pretty good. It's Hanukkah, full of light. Woohoo! <laughs> and today we are also joined joined by Israel Educator and Producer Matt Littman. How are you, Matt? I'm very well, thank you, Michael. Great. We also have a special guest this week who we haven't had on for, I think, almost 40 episodes. Quite if a while. I, if I got the number right. Uh Raul Woodliffe of the Times of Israel. How are you, Raul? Great, thanks. Good to be back. Okay, so now we should mention to listeners that we had scheduled an interview with Nathan Cherensky this week, but it had to be postponed because... Because I was free. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, you're not a substitute. You're, a, you're an amazing catch for this week because there's so much news that you can help us understand. But uh, All right, that's it. All the changes to the news, so we... So we postponed, we postponed that, Nathan Sharansky. It's that Sharansky is a much more important person than we are and actually has things to do that are pragmatic and useful. So uh, he had to postpone and we totally understand. But he'll be, we're, it's just a postponement. He'll be right. there. But uh, Matt was able to ask Raul to come in because of the busy news week that we're having and help us understand. Now, of course, there's a lot of military things to unpack going on at the north. So we have to unpack that at least a little bit. But we also really wanted to check in with you about where the Netanyahu investigations are. Maybe just give a brief reminder to our listeners of what's going on and where it is and where it's going. So I guess we should talk about what's going on up north first. Yeah? Yes, but yeah. I think I think it's all inextricably linked together. Right. I know you guys think I'm cynical, but I do think it's linked. No, and there are so. plenty of people who agree with you. I mean, there's, there's lots, lots of cynics in the world. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's in, just in terms of news and how and how this news has has come out, we've had this week two evenings where Netanyahu has given a public televised address at 8 p.m., which is right at the top of the primetime news in Israel, the most watched program in uh, in Israel on, on Israeli television. And it's quite rare that he gives those sort of addresses when he does, of course, all the channels broadcast it live. Um, but he's given it twice this week. And on Sunday, the speech was defending allegations made by police that he... Uh, that he was guilty of bribery and attacking the police and, and charging them with uh, with conspiring against him. And just two days later, he was giving a last night. He was giving a speech explaining um, Israel's decision to launch an operation in the north. So it was, it was quite a, a incredible week um, just to have this level of news on you know completely that may be seen as different, but as Matthew said, maybe there could be some connection to them. Um, but regardless, the the fact that, they, that that we've had this week is is pretty incredible, certainly from a, a news perspective. So you, you haven't that- slept? <laughs> well, it's been, uh, you know, it's been, it's been busy, but uh, it's, been, it's, it's always busy. Well, if you want to hear more, we'll, we'll remind you to listen to, I think it's an episode in the early 60s, I think 63, where Raul really talks more about what he does and how he does it as a journalist. And I think it's super interesting. But that let's so should we go in backwards order? This, the Letting the nation know yesterday that this operation in the north to disable tunnels that Hezbollah is building. And, uh, and has built. Has and built has and built. Right. Yeah, I mean, we get very caught up because Gaza is a constantly, it's constantly, Hamas constantly reminds us that they're there right. through various ways. And we sort of forget that Hezbollah is a, is a threat. But existentially, that's a much bigger threat to Israel, isn't it? The, yeah. the Hezbollah threat from the north? It seems to be so. Certainly, um, 
that you know, while Israel has left Gaza, it still has a certain level of control over the territory, um, what goes in and out um, in conjunction with Egypt. In in Lebanon, it's a completely different situation. Uh, Hezbollah is backed by Iranian factions, um, is, is linked up with various factions and is involved in, in Syria um, and has a much freer reign on within Lebanon um, and on the border. And, you know, we've had reports for many years that they've been building up their arsenal against Israel. Um, the reports have mainly focused on the weapons they have, the amount of, of rockets and the potentially advanced weaponry that has been trying to get its way to them or they've been trying to bring to the border. Um, we've now, this uh, this operation is focused on the tunnels, which we which appear to have been something that have been known about for a number of years, um, They've been been worked. Uh, the army has been preparing for for, the, for these plans for a number of years and been working, and and has known about the tunnels. But this is the first time we're really taking a a big military step to to tackle them. And as and as you said, we know about them in, in Gaza fairly. Fair, you know, obviously Gaza is is often in the news, but we've had a number of instances where the army has discovered tunnels and destroyed them in Gaza. Um, it's it's interesting to note the differences in how. Um, this information has been presented and how this military operation has been uh, announced, presented to uh, to the people. Uh, do you think uh, Israel's doing a good enough job in presenting to the international community the fact that Hezbollah is violating a UN-negotiated ceasefire in, in 2006, which said, you know, both sides have to stay very clearly on their side of the border and not take provocative actions. The existence of these tunnels really... Doesn't that? I mean, isn't it just prima facie, just totally violating the spirit and the letter of that agreement? Absolutely, of course, of course it is. Um, and the um, the there are some analysts that suggest that this action of Israel could potentially lay the groundwork for a future um, action, future military action against Lebanon in Lebanese territory, um, against Hezbollah in Lebanese territory, um, because this is clearly uncovering um, violations of the of, of 1701, the UN resolution. But there's now, of course, being calls for Israel to also um, retain the spirit of that of that agreement, of that resolution, and uh, and not expand this operation into Lebanon. So, uh, so two, two things. One thing is I, I just sort of reiterate, when I reiterate what Mike said that, uh, I was thinking this morning, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that they are tunneling into Israel's sovereign territory. Like, that is nuts. I mean, we say, oh, that's kind of crazy for Gaza. But yeah, the, the situation in Gaza is more complicated, more, um, you know, th well, this Gaza's, is just... The, Hamas is a non-state. Hezbollah yeah. is a party within the, within the a Lebanese government. party, really. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, they're, uh, yeah. whatever they are, they're right. a large minority that has real power in Lebanon. Right. That's essentially a branch of the Lebanese government tunneling into Israel. That that uh, in the in you know in recent years we've had various cabinet ministers who have put the blame on Lebanon for Hezbollah's growth. We haven't yet seen that, not officially from his, uh, from any Israeli officials saying that this is uh, Lebanese responsibility. Although there, you know, many have suggested that um, that Lebanon does does hold some level of responsibility. At the moment, there hasn't really been any specific targeting. Um, Either physically or you know, well, but if the that. Labour Party, if a, if a militant branch of the Labour Party tunneled illegally into Scotland, and then <laughs> Scotland said, <laughs> "Don't I, give I, them ideas," it's a terrible analogy. But but it, but but then the you know is Scotland holding England responsible? Well, I mean, Labour is part of the government. Like that's what I mean. That that whether I don't know at what point you say Lebanon itself is responsible, but these aren't. 
these aren't Hezbollah is no longer like a rogue militant group only. It's represented politically in the Lebanese parliament. And what's what's clear um, from from the military, the Israeli reaction or re- response to these tunnels, as it was with, with Gaza, is as is, as you said, the the tunnels are a clear breach. Um, you know, other actions, for example, the recent recent actions on the border in Gaza, it was it was a much bigger question over them. Protests. Um, Firing live fire towards protesters. Of course, there's there's, there's Israeli justif- there, there were, was justifications made on the Israeli side. Um, this is this is very different. This this isn't the same. Uh, there isn't the same grey area here. Uh, it's a clear breach, a clear violation. Tunnels going under the border, and those tunnels are obviously um, created in order to to carry out attacks. It, so, you know, so my second point, and in sense of what you said before about there may be more actions taken in Lebanon at a later point, more directly, didn't uh, Netanyahu in his speech last night very clearly, openly hint at that, that they may even be going on now when he said uh, there's more hidden than revealed what's going on? So um, He did. Yesterday he said – well, he said that this operation was 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 – part of a bigger effort to stop um, Hezbollah trying to conquer the parts of the Gali- uh, the Galil um, the Galilee right. um, he and as as you as you say he he said this operation will could expand and, and will go on until uh, our goals are met he didn't right. specify what those goals were um, I, I think maybe this connects to what what Matthew was suggesting about the potential connection to other news and uh, and investigations I, I think, and I say it uh, carefully, I think that we do have to look at the statements that Netanyahu's made and the actions that the government has carried out over the past 24 hours um, and, and more. I think we do have to look at them with a uh, with a critical eye and question some of those motivations. Um, I'm not suggesting there's there's a conspiracy. I'm saying that I think the question does have to be asked. And some of those statements from Netanyahu, um, for me... Uh, Raised, raised certain questions. This is an operation that's ongoing. Um, we don't know. We, we have told it's ongoing that it will continue until, until the you know the objectives have been completed. We don't know what those objectives are. We don't know what what's being what's taking place right now. How many tunnels in total have been discovered? How many do they plan to destroy? What where they can expect to continue this? And um, we can go on to it. But I think that it does link. Um, that there is a potential link to other the other news of the week. So yeah, I, I would just say the, the speech that Netanyahu made last night, going on about how it's this sort of like, we don't know everything that's happening. The, the implication is, but I do know what's going on because I'm the prime minister and I'm the one that you need to keep in power long enough to see this through. I mean, that, that's how I feel about it. That was the same play that we had with Naftali Bennett when Naftali Bennett said, for security reasons, I'm going to keep the government in place. It, it seems very like... Well, there is something to that, and there's something there's something that Israelis that, that speaks well to Israelis. I think it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a it's a comforting feeling to feel like we we know we don't know everything, but it's comforting to know that there's somebody in charge. So Israelis I, I, are okay with thinking they I, don't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, and they're confident in when it when it comes to this, they're confident in Netanyahu. Yes, they are. Uh, Although we have to ask ourselves, under whose watch were these tunnels built? His. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Under whose watch were all these rockets stockpiled? His. So it's kind of ironic that people think of him as this big uh, safety person, security person who's going to protect us when all the risks seem to have been accumulated under his 
Well, and Stewardship. You're right. That's the irony both of the speech mm -hmm. last night and also of the and the Iran deal. And, <laughs> and all, exactly, but also of the speech that I think connects very much to this that he gave um, two weeks ago um, to declare that he would or to name himself as defence minister and eff uh, effectively uh, call Naf Naftali Bennett's bluff, who said at the time that he would. Let me, uh, let me just say before we segue to the political aspect of okay. it, which is your beat, and I know that's where. <laughs> so, so I, I do want to go there and focus there. I just have one more military question. Yeah, you you made the point that that technically this is a cause of spelly and could justify an, a full scale Israeli invasion to eliminate the stockpiles, not just debilitate the tunnels. Why aren't they doing that? Like that, like if you wait, the longer you wait, the more difficult it's going to be. Well, um, I think that there's uh, you know this. The question cannot be answered without looking at the 2006 Lebanon War, the second Lebanon War, um, which uh, during which the government launched a, uh, a hasty operation um, where the goals at the time seemed very unclear. And afterwards, through various committees that have been investigated that war, have shown that there was a, a lack of preparation, a lack of clear goals from the highest level down to the soldiers that were that were entering uh, that entered. Uh, uh, Lebanon, um, and right up until the final uh, ceasefire was uh, was signed, there were, were were decisions that were being made that were were very questionable, um, and there was uh, and and it seemed that Israel w wasn't sure what its it, what its eventual goal was going to be in that war. I, I expect, and I think that there's a there's a similar worry this time um, that you you could know how launching a war starts but we don't know where where it could end up um now certainly if the government is or if, if the army is carrying out this operation and as they've said they're prepared for for further uh, further action based on potential retaliation um but i think that there is certainly a, a an opinion within the military establishment and the political echelon to not rush into anything um to see what efforts we can we can make without launching a, uh, a large-scale military operation. But you're right in, in that this operation doesn't necessarily ring um, of a, 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 a the large-scale operations we've known right. in the past that have been given names. This operation has been named Northern, um, well, Northern Defense. We're not being Northern told Shield. that this will address the problem in a significant way. It's a it's a small band-aid on a huge problem that we we have not been told as Israelis and don't worry we're on it. And I think um and again like you said politics is my beat so uh, I see everything through uh, through a uh, uh, maybe tainted political uh, uh, viewpoint, no, no, but, but I think that that also also very much relates to what this what this is 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 this a war? It, we were told yes yesterday. Media outlets were told at si uh, um, seven in the morning that at seven thirty you will be allowed to publicise that Israel has launched a mil large scale a military operation in the north called Northern Shield. Um, and of course, you know all the mil all the uh, all the media got into a frenzy, and, and mm -hmm. it was published, and everyone, uh, and there was a, a lot of noise made around that. It seemed to die down quite quickly, even to uh, today, just one day later. The news doesn't feel like right. we're we're at war or like a large scale military operation is going on, and we do have to ask, what is this? Is it is it a a military operation like we've seen before, other ones that have that have have been given names and that um, we've you know we've followed during them. Or, or it feels a little bit more like 
other operations that we've seen yeah. on the Gaza border, taking taking down like one or two tunnels at the time. Maintenance. It's the 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 soldiers involved. And again, are I, I, the, I'm, I'm not an alarmist, and I'm not. The, the sky is not falling, <laughs> so, and I don't even think this is an existential threat to Israel. But you have essentially an Iranian-backed, if not controlled, militia at our northern border with enough firepower to overwhelm the Iron Dome, at least somewhat. And okay. I think I saw in Roll's uh, article last night more than some European countries have more missiles than some European countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I mean, exactly. that sounds like a it huge, deserves a serious response. A huge stockpile, you're right. But there, there are also geopolitical considerations that have yeah. been, you know, that have, have been in consideration for years, which is specifically Hezbollah's involvement in Syria, um, right. which has, which has by all accounts weakened them, has split their resources hugely, um, split their fighters, split, split their weapons, split their, um, you know, their, com- their, their command. And, um, you know, the, Maybe I, you know, I'm just speculating here. Maybe there has been and still continues to be a a a a view that we should wait that they'll they'll be continue to be weakened there. That maybe we can challenge them from a stronger hand in at at a later point. Maybe this is the beginning of of, of that point where mm-hmm. where people have decided that now we have to. And, and we can also, um, you know, we don't see it at this at this stage. But there are also military tactics and political tactics involved in this. Perhaps um, this is the, the step that Israel d- sees it does need to t- take real action, but it, it it's even seeking some form of, of retaliation in order to be able to take that action mm. with legitimacy, or maybe maybe not retaliation as such, but as we said, to uncover this clear breach um, right. of, uh, uh, you know, in, which some would say Israel to attack now would not be um, taking the first move. It would be a retaliation mm-hmm. to these tunnels. So maybe this is the beginning of something bigger. But at the moment, it doesn't seem to be, like I said, a, a large-scale operation, thousands of reservists, tanks going up on the on, on Route 6 towards the north. We're not seeing that. Well, my sense of uh, from the news is just if, uh, that basically the entire security apparatus is on the same page with this. Um, there doesn't seem to be much dissent when you sometimes find out that, you know, uh, uh, so before we kind of talk about the well, politics, except for I would say that's the politics right. on the political side, there's dissent and there's lots of questions. I think we should get into that in a, in a moment, but I just want to see, put it on the le- on the military side. It seems like the military is talking or the whole security apparatus is talking from one voice. Yes. And generally, um, we do, we hear that from the military apparatus. Mm-hmm. The, the dissent we hear is normally from, pol- from politicians, um, often from the right who are calling for a, a stronger response. We saw that in the right. last Gaza war with, with Naftali Bennett as minister. Um, we saw that a few weeks ago in, in response to Gaza again. Um, we normally do hear a united front from the military. But and rightly so. That should be the military right. should be in exactly. And, and But but what's what's interesting is that Netanyahu, now as defense minister, of course, after Avigdom Lieberman resigned, um, is leading this very much as a defense minister, Yesterday, his spe- the speech that he gave was from the defense ministry. Stand, um, it was his press conference was opened by the the army spokesperson. He was followed by the chief of staff. It very much came across not as a political leader, or he he was certainly trying to present himself not as a political leader, calling uh, you know calling the shots to the army, but 
the, he is the voice of the defense establishment. Well, and your that, colleague, that was successful. But your not colleague everybody. Josh Davidovich tweeted yesterday. I can't believe we're launching an operation while the prime minister, the defense minister, the foreign minister, and the health minister, and the absorption minister are all out of the country at the same time. And of course, those are all those positions That's are all, all held BB. by Netanyahu, <laughs> as we've talked um, about. Before. But the political apparatus didn't exactly buy it all that it was him not being political, right? Um, well, there's been some criticism on from the opposition, or qu- certainly right. questions raised. Um, Suggesting a, a couple of things, and I think the first feeling, um, initial feeling that was expressed yesterday, yesterday morning, was um, maybe this is somehow linked to the uh, the recommendations of the police to charge Netanyahu for for bribery just two days before. But so, what was that speech that he gave? What right, was well, the it? timing? Certainly seems very convenient for him because it's taken his bribery charges off the front pages and put this. Uh, whatever we want to call well, it, this mission, this whatever you operation want to call it, they're called operation we, onto if, the if front just, pages instead. If we just look at the timeline, I mean, it it, it certainly see you know it certainly that that argument can be explained through the timeline of what of what happened. What happened is um, on Sunday, police published their conclusion um, to a nine month investigation into corruption charges against Netanyahu. Um, Named case four thousand because this is the fourth of, uh, of the fourth investigation surrounding Netanyahu and his office. In the first two investigations, police have already recommended he be charged um, in one of the, um, at least on one charge of bribery and several other charges. In this case, which for several reasons is more serious than those other charges, police now recommend indicting him for bribery, fraud, and breach of trust. And um, his wife, Sarah Netanyahu, for bribery, uh, fraud, breach of trust, and for um, tampering with, an, with the investigation. Um, and on on Sunday evening, Netanyahu responded at a Hanukkah lighting ceremony for the Likud um, with a festive uh, speech attacking the police chief specifically. Um, saying but that festively it, attacking the police. Yes, on his last day. On his last day. Yeah, yeah. it was the police chief's well, last day. It was his Net- present to Netanyahu for his last Yeah, day. Netanyahu said, what, what a Hanukkah gift. Um, he said that he's, uh, he's he effectively said that he's running a, a conspiracy against Netanyahu, and he's and the, the from the beginning of these investigations nine months ago, Ronnie Al Sheikh, the police commissioner, until two days ago, was trying to bring Netanyahu down. That's effectively what he was saying. The next day, um, in the morning, just you know, twelve hours after that speech. Um, Journalists were sent a an odd message from the prime minister's office saying that he is urgently flying to Belgium to Brussels to meet with um, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And in the in the message to journalists at the time, it said the, the flight's not yet um, cert, it's, it's not let com- yet confirmed, so the timings may change. But this meeting was planned a week ago. Um, seems seems odd. It turns out that potentially um, the meeting was brought forward because of uh, um, George H. W. Bush's funer- mm. funeral. Um, but nonetheless, Netanyahu jumped on a plane, flew to uh, flew to uh, Belgium Brussels. to Brussels, met with uh, Mike Pompeo for a long four hour meeting, um, and the next day we have this uh, this operation that's uh, that's now been launched. So yes, there are questions about whether this could be connected. It's certainly true that up until um, and, and by the way, Netanyahu was, as you say, on his way back um, f- at the time that the operation was launched. He was mm-hmm. not in Israel, which is also another question about how seriously he he sees this operation. He mm-hmm. wasn't he wasn't even here at the time it started. Um, but yes, there are questions. I, I think that at the time, the the suggestion yesterday morning, the suggestion was maybe that this could be a, a situation of uh, a wag the dog, a, a wag the dog, exactly. 
potentially creating a war um, or in, engaging in a military operation in order to to gain you know, or gain popularity or to put um, to take take bad headlines out of the papers. Um, I think since then there's been a change of perception as to what this is. As I, as I mentioned, maybe this isn't the the military operation we thought it was at the beginning, and maybe and again i'm not saying so i'm just just raising the question maybe the spin is not that we've a war has been created but that a a, a fictional war has been created that we've been told it's a military oper- a mass military operation we've been told it's a war but in fact it's not um several uh several people both within the, within or former uh seniors in, in senior officials in the defense establishment have said that they don't understand why this has been named, why, we, uh, why we've why we been mm-hmm. told this is an operation. This is like several other operations that have happened in Gaza over the past few years, where, it, yes, it has been a, uh, you know, it has been a military it's military victory, maintenance. But yeah, it, yeah but it's, it's, not, uh, it's not necessarily the big war we've seen. And so maybe it, it links to it in, in that way. That the operation is standard, but the packaging was done as a way to sort of take attention away. It, p- potentially. I, I'm always, I'm always uh, skeptical of those accusations, not only because uh, I'm a skeptical person, but because to me it's sort of like if anything happens militarily, well, the politicians are doing that because isn't it convenient that there was a scandal this week? Politicians have scandals every week. Like anytime <laughs> there's a military action, you can always see some sort of connection. I, I, I would you, like. I'll, I'll tell you what I. So yesterday morning, I I tweeted a tweet which I knew would be unpopular. Um, I said, I even said, and I'm sure this will be unpopular at the moment, but um, it, we should point out this military operation takes place just two days after mm-hmm. police indictment, police recommended indictment, as the coalition could fall apart in any minute, and as Netanyahu is being challenged from the right. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, maybe this isn't the right time to discuss it now, but it's a discussion that could, you know, that may be ripe for the future. It's the question that citizens and, and journalists should ask. And I was, you know, I, I expected it, but many people were very angry on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think Twitter's, what? Twitter's a place when people, where people... <laughs> isn't that on Twitter? Twitter? Isn't that why you wrote that, so people get angry? It's the whole <laughs> um, point of Twitter? Well, uh, you know, people saying, you know, know, journalists should just be telling the facts. I think I was telling the facts. I was just putting them in in the context. You're also spinning a package. That's true. I'll tell you why. Should journalists be asking questions? Is that like part of their job? I I think that specifically because of the indictment, the indictment recommendations, we have to be asking these questions. And I'll tell you why. And I think it's an unfortunate situation that I wish we didn't have. The reason is because... The reason we have to question Netanyahu's intentions is because the police are. The mm-hmm. police are saying he abused his position as prime minister to gain personal benefits. And not only that, they're saying he abused his position as prime minister in order to extend his time in office. Right. And therefore, we have to ask ask that same question of this. Is this another example of that? It's a hard and painful question to ask even, but it. I think it's the obvious question based on what the police are saying. Police are saying he... he, he he abused his position in order to make sure that he um, remained prime minister. And what they say is that he made a deal um, to give regulatory benefits to to Bezek, the telecommunications giant, in order to get better coverage from um, a, a an. Is- Can we review the four cases super like on one foot briefly? Yeah, sure. Um, so. Well, I, I, let's go with this one now, case 4000, yeah, yeah, which was just done now. As I said... Called 4000 instead of 4 because we need to endlessly <laughs> complicate things for no particular reason. Yeah, okay, so case the fourth case, case 4000, um, police say, and again, I'll be clear, this is what police say mm-hmm. um, after the investigation, that um, Netanyahu uh, used his office 
as communications minister and uh, at the time and prime minister to advance regulatory deals that helped the Bezek telecommunications giant, which was owned by a friend of his, Shaul Alovich. And in return for that for that deal, um, which brought up to 900 million shekels um, in for Bezek, and that's that's money that could have could have potentially that been saved by the taxpayer. Mm-hmm. Um, in return for that, I deal, could have used some of that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what's 900 million shekel between France? It's not, you know. I guess you add up 900 million here, 900 million there, it starts to add up. So, what does Netanyahu get in return for this? Uh, in return, please say that um, Shaul, Shaul Alevich, who also owns Walla, one of the most influential news news sites in Israel. Um, it, changed and uh, manipulated the coverage of Netanyahu to give him bet- and his wife better coverage. Um, and so just relating it back to what I was saying before, they're saying that he was willing to compromise on a deal that could have helped Israeli taxpayers, Israeli citizens, for the sake of better coverage for himself, which is ultimately to extend his, his own... Public his, his, yeah, it's a, his public his, image. Yeah, his public image. And to extend his time as his prime minister. And, and I, so therefore, I, I, that's why I think that th- those allegations specifically do relate to, to now. It's not the same. This would be another step and it would be a, like I said, a, 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 a very a, a painful thing to accuse someone of and to for it to be true in Israel. But I think that based on those, those allegations, we need to ask whether that next step is, is possible. And you're saying these allegations, the reason why we really should be taking these allegations seriously, because it's not just political mudslinging or spin. It's coming from the police who are making... These suggestions, it, so it's not. It's a uh, well, exactly. That, that's why Netanyahu's speech is trying yeah. to blame the police as a being sure. political, as being right. part he, of that right. campaign right. against him, and also whether it's coming from a political slant or whether it's coming from a police slant. It doesn't matter. Everybody's against him as far as he's concerned, and they've got this conspiracy against him. And it, it, exactly. So, um, so that's this case. Mm-hmm. Um, if we go back, case one thousand and two thousand, which police already in uh, in February um, recommended. Uh, he be uh, Netanyahu be uh, be be tried indicted. or Netanyahu uh, be, be indicted, indicted. Um, and I know that's the same when the date of because this week it was on the day of the London Der- North London derby between Arsenal and, and Tottenham, <laughs> and so I had to watch the game in the in the side while writing the article. And the last time oh, that they sorry, played, I didn't know. I didn't the last time they played that. was the same day that police recommended it, uh, indictments in <laughs> one thousand and two thousand. Um, and just to let you know. Arsenal and Tottenham are playing again in two weeks. So get ready for big big oh. Netanyahu news then. Okay, here's what I heard. Uh, Netanyahu. <laughs> so I heard it's really all Arsenal's fault. That's what I heard. Um, well, then BB's next speech, he's going to blame Tottenham, I think. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, uh, he's not an Arsenal fan, I think. Um, anyway, um, uh, the, last, the, the first two cases, case 1000, police say um, that Netanyahu received gifts um, from billionaire benefactors of his um, in return for making a number of deals that benefited uh, that benefited them um, a number of different uh, schemes that would have that would have helped them it's unclear which of those schemes went through and which were completed um, potentially helping one with getting a visa potentially um, uh, passing or continuing to pass a tax law that would have ben- benefited another one of his his friends. Um, in any case, the super not complicated bribery for <laughs> things that the briber wanted. Uh, yes, although uh, slightly more abstract than money mm-hmm. under the table, mm-hmm. getting benefits, cigars, you know, get, get cigars and uh, ice cream. Uh, yeah, or, or champagne from you know from friends, but from people who you are who police say you he used his office to help. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the reason I say it's more abstract, I think for, for the Israeli public, um, it's much harder to see as black and white, you know, uh, corruption. Mm. Um, certainly when people support that, that politician, well, yeah. it's, it, you know, there is a, there is a, is a question. But in the abstract, if somebody gives you thousands of dollars worth of champagne and then, a, 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 you know, something legislative gets passed in their favor. You blame the champagne. <laughs> There's something yeah. shady. And so, so that's that's the first case. The second case, I would say, is even more abstract, um, right. uh, but also relates to media coverage. That Netanyahu, police say Netanyahu um, uh, offered to close down um, Yisrael Hayom, which is an, a newspaper that's been very favorable to him. That's that's funded entirely by uh, by uh, Sheldon Edelson, the U.S. mega billionaire, who's a good friend of his and and, and a long term supporter of his, um, and given to Israelis for free. Exactly, and he offered to close that down um, in in return for better coverage from the rival newspaper Yidia Achronot, which is a uh, which is notoriously anti Netanyahu. Um, so. That but, case but there are is, tapes on this, right? Are uh, there are tapes for this the deal? Police have tapes, or it's been reported that police yeah. have tapes of Netanyahu meeting with um, Arnon Noni Moses, uh, the publisher of Yediyah Achronot, and making this deal. Under um, what pretense would he be able to close down Yisrael Ayom? Well, <laughs> yes, and that exactly touches on on the problem of, of, of Netanyahu's relationship with Yisrael Ayom and, and in general with the media. Um, is it an Ayom, independent newspaper? Is that journalism or is that propaganda? Please notice I use the word pretense, but what would he claim? He has been... He's, you know, for for many years, it's been claimed that Yisrael Hayom is um, is is vehemently pro Netanyahu, um, and in fact is is a way of getting around campaign laws in Israel, um, whereby someone can give much more than the maximum of around ninety dollars um, to a political candidate candidate because Sheldon Adelson has funded Yisrael Hayom to the tune of. Um, a hundred million shekels um, over uh, over the ten years it's been open, and and, and much more, according to some. Uh, does it make uh, money? Uh, it doesn't make money, and it's, it's given away and for it's free. absolutely changed the Israeli media market yeah. because he doesn't. It, it um, advertising in the newspaper is is very cheap because there's uh, they're not they're not looking to make profit, and therefore it's really changed the way that advertising in newspapers work, and and in, in fact it's 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 damaged some other papers. I'm not. Well, saying, that's the offer Bibi's making. He's saying if I get rid of that. I, I take away your competition. You exactly, but the fact that he's able to offer this suggests very clearly that he has some sort of control over the newspaper. And beyond the fact that this is, you know, maybe using his office for a deal that he would benefit from, it also goes against uh, an affidavit that he signed um, during the last election in which someone challenged saying Yisrael Ayom is is illegal campaign funding and he said in this affidavit I have no collect I have no connection I have no influence over Yisrael Ayom if he was able to make this deal which which it's important to say didn't uh, you know w- wasn't fulfilled but if he was able to make it it does suggest that that was that was untrue the third case is the submarine that and, money was spent and the third case is uh, is case 3000 which I'll just say Netanyahu is not a suspect in. Police have not said he's a suspect in, but police have recommended that several of his very close um, allies and um, people that worked in the prime minister's office are are suspected of bribery and corruption. Um, it, to, to, to make a very long story short, um, Netanyahu pushed for a deal to be made for Israel to buy a number of... Uh, of uh, 
uh, of vessels from uh, Germany, submarines and attack boats. Um, it was unclear why he pushed for that deal at the time. It was unclear why Israel needed it at the time. It later came out that some of his very close associates, a lawyer that has worked with him, who's also his second cousin, um, the person he wanted to be head of the uh, national security, uh, the national security advisor, um, the head of the of the of the navy at the time, um, who all were his appointees, who he he had appointed, they were in on the deal and had been in various in various ways connected with the German shipbuilder that that built these ship and and could have potentially made millions of dollars, maybe even hundreds of million dollars off these deals. At the moment, Netanyahu has not been police and the attorney general. Everyone has clarified that Netanyahu is not a suspect. But again, it does raise questions. Either he he you know he he was corrupt or maybe he was negligent he didn't he didn't know he, he, how could he not have known that all this happened and himself pushing forward with mm-hmm. the deal it, it's uh is either corrupt or duped it, it seems it seems that way um in any case that's that's case 3000 and so that com- that completes the, the that's set. the cycle so let's uh, even if I'm we have overwhelmed to, <laughs> well <laughs> even if we have to go a few minutes extra i just yeah. want a, a couple of questions uh, the the full term for this government to go, if it, if this rickety government, which is now down to sixty one after Lieberman uh, uh, left, we're going to finish in November. November, uh, November. November of two thousand nineteen. The actual final Special date, election. and uh, you might like this, is uh, is the second the, the the date that elections have to happen is the second Cheshvan. Um, uh, the second Tuesday in Cheshvan, uh, four years after the previous second Tuesday of Cheshvan. Mm. What that means, it's a bit like the Rosh Hashanah for Ilanot mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of, of Masechet Rosh Hashanah. If the elect- second, let's say the second of Cheshvan and this year it falls out in mid to, to end November, say the last elections were in December, you, it could be nearly five years until the next elections. It has to be f- four full years in wow. which the second Tuesday of Cheshvan is included. So... That's the that's the system. Well, and now when, I'm really overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to make it? When Raul told me this on Shabbat, we were hanging out together on Shabbat afternoon. He told me this. I was like, "Hang on, <laughs> how is our government still working like a weird tractate in the Talmud? Yeah. Why can't we be like a normal government? Like that's so wild." That was exactly <laughs> my Netanyahu. Yeah. Um, so, are we going to make it? I, uh, you know. I'm not. This let, obviously let this is say, an opinion. Let, before I say yes or no, I'll tell you that I've. I've We're lost. giving you weatherman status, right? Right. Weatherman can be you wrong. You get the weatherman break. You can be wrong. I've lost. I've had to give a number of beers to fellow colleagues um, <laughs> because I've predicted that the government would fall and that Netanyahu would be indicted, and I was wrong. I, I may lose another beer, but I uh, I don't us. think the, the government's going to last until no, until November. It's another year. I think the likelihood is that we will have elections. Sometime mid mid two thousand and nineteen May, but let's let's be clear that's not a failure of the government. That is, you know, it's four, four years after after the last election happened. Right. It's not like we have a, a strict set time, as I said, for when elections are. They have, you know, it's considered. I think after four years that that's the completion of the of of the term, more or less. A date which I think is relevant is the 28th of February, in which Netanyahu becomes the longest serving prime minister of this country. Um, that's that's what he wants. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I can't blame anyone for wanting to become, uh, you know, the the he just most wants the to get a Guinness book of, of anything. Um, that's certain. That's certainly true. He would at a very similar time would also become um, have been prime minister for ten years in one certain mm-hmm. block, which is not you know, which is a political achievement anywhere around around the world. Uh, you know, and <laughs> unless you're like in. Uh... 
autocratic society. Right. <laughs> unless, you're from, unless you're from Chad, our, exactly. our, our greatest new friend. Where the or almost any other country in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so overwhelmed. They, they win elections by 95% in those countries. Yeah. They must be very popular. Yeah. I, and I'm also not sure. Not or election. North Carolina, where the same thing happens in certain districts, but let's yeah. not get into that. Uh, so you, you don't think Netanyahu is going to weather this political storm ultimately? Um, I think he may. He may. Uh, two weeks ago, it seemed like Netanyahu was on the back foot. It seemed like he was being pushed from the right and that for the first time um, he could be going to elections or the first time, at least since 1999, he could be going to elections not on his own volition, mm-hmm. not because of his own, not on his terms. Um, I think now when we get to a point where he's able to do that and call elections on his terms. And I think that... Why wouldn't what it be are on his terms? terms? Well, are his terms? When I say his terms, I mean not being... The government not falling apart, but with ministers saying that there's been a uh, a weak response to Gaza and, the, and therefore the election tone being because, about the uh, government's weak response to Gaza. I uh-huh. think that Netanyahu would much prefer to go to an election after a perceived or, or real military like military, Lebanon military victory. like taking care of the tunnels up uh, north or? yeah or, or even not on that even you know to go to a, an election because the ultra orthodox won't agree on uh, uh, on on draft on the draft the even though it's really public law, opinion and for him to say we you know we need to go to elections so that we can we can solve Stand this properly that's Israeli his that's people. his terms that's what I mean by him him directing the narrative and two weeks ago uh, you know, we saw an incredible turnaround in, you know, just in just in the political narrative from Netanyahu being a weak leader to him naming himself as defense minister, <laughs> giving a speech two weeks ago as well in the defense ministry, Naftali Bennett backing down, um, you know, with it, walking away with his tail between his legs. And, and now Netanyahu as defense minister, which is a job he clearly likes. He's, he's visited soldiers four times in the past two weeks, more times, by the way, than he was in the foreign ministry in the last four years as, for, <laughs> as foreign minister. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that that an elect what i mean by an election on his terms is an election where he's able to control the narrative and it's not perceived to be the government falling apart because of his weaknesses although in polls i mean he's so far up in the polls it almost any election is going to be did you look just look at that sorry did you just look at that move with bennett and go wow he's a master well look at Lieb- uh, lieberman also yeah. i was you know i was i was at bennett's press conference right. and uh you know i've discussed this with with, with matthew i was I was shocked. I thought, um, firstly, the speech that he gave, <laughs> the speech that he he gave, sounded to me very much like a resignation speech from which he changed the last few paragraphs. Um, it really sounded wow. very much like that. And I was, I, you know, I've been told off and and on record that he he was making a decision up to the very last minute. Um, it really did seem uh, seem like he was going to going to resign. And I was, and you're right, Netanyahu did. Pull another incredible magic magic how, trick. How um, that that does link to now, by the way, because it, there's been the the suggestion very strongly made by Netanyahu and said outright by his acolytes in the in the Likud that this is the reason Netanyahu, that uh, Naftali Bennett stayed. And mm-hmm. Avigdor Lieberman knew about this two weeks ago, and you know, and has now shirked looks, his, and has looks shirked worse. his responsibility by leaving. I'm not sure that um, it's so it's so clear. I th- what it's what, a picture that seems to be developing is that um, it, this operation was known about two weeks ago, but was not perceived then to be a m- big military operation. Again, right. contributing to that questions about whether it really is now. Um, 
it's it's unclear whether that was what, why Naftali Bennett stayed. I don't think that that's the reason he stayed at the time, although huh. it may have been a contributing factor. And how many beers did you lose as a result of him staying? <laughs> why do you think he that's stayed? That's what I'm worried about. Uh, Naftali Bennett. Yeah. Why do I think he stayed? Um, I asked you first. <laughs> I think he. Uh, I think he bottled it. Yeah. I think he. I, I think the whole that whole situation for him was a was a big political mis- miscalculation. I think he um, he saw that they left that the you know this is going back two weeks, but um, they left that um, security cabinet meeting. Naftali Bennett and Avigdor Lieberman half leaking, half telling the press that they were not happy with the government response to Gaza, not happy with the decision that was made. Um, it was clear, it was clear that, Naf- that uh, Avigdor Lieberman was going to resign the next day or soon after. And I've been told that Naftali Bennett knew knew that. He was he recognised that. Mm-hmm. But if, if he had a real political killer instinct, he would have that moment got called a press conference, got every camera and said, uh, Avigdor Lieberman needs to resign. Then what would Avigdor Lieberman done? He couldn't have resigned. Mm-hmm. Or he wouldn't have walked away with Naftali Bennett calling him to resign. He may have had to stay. He may have been pushed out. Naftali Bennett would have been seen as that leader mm-hmm. on the right and staying in the government. And that's what he wanted. In the end, he waited and he dithered and he umdenard and and, and, Naftali, and Lieberman left. And then he said... Oh, his party said there was an ultimatum and he said uh, he needs to be made defence minister and then he backed down and, and then he, he pulled out in the end completely and I think he came out looking very weak. Whether or not he would have been better leaving altogether, I don't know, but I know I, I, it was a bad, bad few days for him. Lieberman also is a terrible... <laughs> Look, Lieberman at the time, it yeah. seemed it, it did seem like it a strong bold, move. yeah. Again, bold, presenting himself as the, as the challenger from the right. For, yeah. But if we do wait, even even, you know, six, seven months for elections now... All you know, the tone on him will change completely. It won't be right. about the government, like we said. If Netanyahu is able to call elections on terms that he would prefer, Lieberman will seem it will may may be forgotten by then. And this military operation now does raise questions about whether he knew and whether it was responsible for him he's, to leave. He's like the Jedi Master yeah. of maneuvering politics to his favor, baby. Uh, baby he's yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, he's called he's he's called the magician. Yeah. Um, there was a, a bit of discussion about the translation, and he in he in Hebrew they call him Hakosem. Uh, Likud rallies often you know, they chant Hukosem, Hukosem. He's a he's a magician. Um, some people say the translation of Kosem is actually wizard. Um, I think that you know, a wizard does real magic. A magician. Um, <laughs> fools the crowd, yeah. uh-huh. but the crowd is absorbed. They know they're being fooled, right? And but they they're enjoy amazed, it. Right. They're amazed at the showmanship, right. and and I think that there's something to be said about the way the way yeah. Netanyahu does it now. Nice. People, lots of people in Israel know that these this is political manoeuvring, sure. that this is moving yeah, back and forward. But they're amazed at the, the showmanship. How can he do it? He, right. he, you know, he is the. He I'm is, one of those. I'll raise my hand. Wow, is, I can't believe that pickpocket has my wallet. Yeah, wow, exactly. that was amazing. Yeah, exactly. Bye. <laughs> right. Um, so you know, so again, we've seen it. We we saw that last week. I, uh, again, I'm I'm not. I don't know whether this this is part of that political maneuvering, maneuvering, but it 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 it, it may well help Netanyahu. Yeah. Um, Begs the question is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I think it's a valid question to be asked by the public, by journalists, by the opposition, even by you know even even by members of the coalition. But, well, I I wish we had like a five hour podcast. Yeah, really. You know, like I could. Oh, a little Dan God. Carlin. Let's do a little Dan. Carlin. <laughs> yeah, right. We, we'll bring the beers for that one. <laughs> yeah, five hours. So. Uh, but we have to we have to cut it. I think even though things are just getting so interesting. Uh, but we have to make sure we bring you back earlier than for. Yeah. episodes if you can 
Boy, would we appreciate it. That would be amazing. Sure, that'd be uh, a pleasure. Okay, great. So when thanks. the government falls, we'll get your beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get your beer anytime you come. I mean, I don't care. Uh, that would be great. Uh, so thanks so much, Raul. That was super duper helpful. And, you know, we bounce these ideas around, but you have an insight that's so helpful. And you're also able to explain and put things together in a way that I think is really yeah. terrific. Um, so thank you so much. Yes, we really thank appreciate you, really. it. Very enlightening. Very much. Thank you. And thanks, of course, always to Ben, our amazing engineer. And Matt and Alan, thanks so much. Chagorim Tzameh. Amen, amen, amen. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, this is the part where I remind you that we are the JU Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. And it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe, to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys.